Kia ora. Ko James Beatty Toku Ingoa. Well, I haven't met you before. My name is James. <laughs> um, hi, Mum and Susan and people that are watching at home. There's a few people that have, um, mum's, not, mum's not sick with COVID, but there's a few people that have been catching COVID lately, eh? which, is a, which is a bit stink. We need to um, yeah, pray, for, pray for folks. But. Uh, awesome to be able to uh, share with you today. I've been feeling excited all week um, uh, because, I don't know, like uh, I guess what I want to talk about my, my sense for the, for, the year, for the year ahead uh, where we want to, uh, where I feel like we ought to be putting our putting our energy, putting our attention, and um, you know, uh, I've been looking forward to 2024 since probably about halfway through last year. I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but I kind of got to, I don't know, um, what month it was, uh, September or October, and I sort of, you know, it felt like the year was over. I was ready to start the new year already. So anyway, here we are. Um, Awesome, thanks, Kirsten. And yeah, big ups to Kirsten, like nailing CVTV today. Um, Caleb, what you said about volunteers, really? Thank, you know, thanks, thanks for that. Our church does run uh, with people helping out, so um, thank you to everybody for helping out. So, strands. That sounds like a shop that's on Lambton Key, but a different kind of strands. <laughs> a bag, no. <laughs> Talking about different kinds of strands. Um, uh, towards the end of towards the end of last year, I went for, went for a walk, and uh, I came across a um, some. Uh, I was walking in a bush near where we live, and, and there was these bunch of trees growing, and they just caught they just caught my attention. And so this is a this is a photo of these trees, and what stood out to me was. I don't know if, if there's anything that stands out to you. They just look like ordinary trees maybe. But what stood out to me was, was how many branches there were that were radiating out towards, towards the sun. It seemed like there were these hundreds, like each tree had hundreds of branches. They were each like stretching and, and making ways uh, that they could connect with, with natural light. And, and I kind of like paused for a moment and I thought, oh, maybe there's something, something in this. And I took a photo uh, and, and it just sort of like stuck, stuck with me. And I felt, oh, maybe, maybe the Lord is, is communicating something to me in this um, or it's connecting some, with um, things I've been thinking about. Uh, if you have done any biology at all, then you'll know that trees and plants need natural light. To, to survive. And they use a, an amazing process. Who knows what that process is? Yeah, yeah, photosynthesis. It's got a cool word too. And with, with this process, they, they, it's amazing actually. It's kind of like having solar panels. They harvest the energy from the sun and they use their energy uh, to the, the process of photosynthesis uses that energy to make chemical energy, to make sugars that the, the trees and the plants need to, need to survive. And it drives all of their internal processes. So all, so all these branches, like in this photo, all these branches are stretching out to find a way to, to connect with natural light so they can get their photosynthesis happening, eh? to connect with the energy of the sun. And it's for the life of the tree. There's this really cool picture book that uh, we got it from the library last year by a guy called Philip 
Philip Bunting called the gentle genius of trees. And I've got a few couple of illustrations from, from this book this morning. There's a, there's a branch with, um, with a piwaka waka. It's probably not, I think he's Australian, but anyway, piwaka waka, we'll call it that. Uh, sitting, on the, sitting on the branch and all these like um, leaves trying to connect with the sun, stretching out. Anyway, as, as I was thinking about this, you know, it just sort of, it sort of uh, made me think about how God is the source of all life. By His Word, all things were created. By His breath, humans became uh, lumps of dirt uh, to become living beings. And it also says that the life of God sustains life. He sustains things. If, if God withdrew, then in an instant, everything would be over. Look at Hebrews 1.3 where it talks about Jesus sustaining all things. When you, when you give your life to God and you ask Him to take leadership of your life, then you're filled with His eternal life so that even, even when you die, you go on living with Him. But, but it doesn't mean that we've got to wait until we're resting in peace, until we're dead, before we can draw on His eternal life today. We don't need to wait until that day. We can draw on His, draw on his life today. So if we go back to this picture, I felt like God was encouraging me or speaking to me about having multiple ways of, of connecting with Him and drawing on, drawing on His life. Have multiple ways, like have these different branches that are, that are stretching out to, towards God, like this tree stretching out towards the sun. We can keep extending branches out to God. And one of the one of the primary ways of, of connecting with God uh, that we read about in the Bible that the Lord t- teaches us about is, is prayer. So last year I was thinking about CV. I was thinking about 2024, and and I was getting excited for it. And uh, and I was I was asking the Lord, oh, Lord, what do you want us to focus on, or what are the areas that you're calling us to press into, and and to give more attention and energy. Too. And one of the things that kept coming back to me, uh, kept being highlighted to me was, was prayer and about connecting with God in prayer. Uh, I don't know if, if you remember when, when Sam Harvey from Bay Vineyard, uh, Beach, Bay, Bay Vineyard Church in Napier came through and he spoke about prayer. It was one of those, it was one of those messages. You, should, um, you can go through the podcast from last year if you missed it or if you want to listen to it again. But it was one of those messages that I think really spoke to uh, where we're at as a church. So I kept on coming back to this, coming back to this God, oh, this, this theme of, um, it's almost like raising the level, connecting with God in prayer. So I'll come back to, come back to this in a moment. There are also two other areas that seem to be rising to the surface. So I'll keep telling, I've got to keep telling stories. So um, if you are here last week, you, you might have heard that um, over, the, over the holidays, uh, we all went with a, as a family up to Tauranga and we stayed with Tessa, Tessa's family. And then uh, because of my work commitments, I also work up at Victoria University a couple of days a week. I had to come back and spend a week on my own, um, which I was really looking forward to. I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be amazing. And um, I mentioned last week that it was, I actually felt quite a, felt it kind of un- unusual because, you know, Tessa and the kids were away and I was on my own and it kind of felt like I was miss- missing something out, missing something. But anyway, on one of these, um, one of the days that they were away, I went for what I call my big walk, uh, which was so much fun. I got up early and uh, packed my bag and I walked from our place up, up Kotakoto Stream, up to the top of the Belmont Trig and, and it took hours and it was, it was awesome. And, uh, and as I went on this walk, my, again, my attention was like, like drawn to the trees I mean, there's a lot of trees 
and the Belmont Regional Park. And so my, my attention was born to the trees. And, uh, you know, like, like, uh, like in this photo, like I had uh, a few weeks earlier, I was like thinking about the branches and how, how these branches are stretching out towards the sun. And, um, and I also noticed how there was, uh, there was so many trees that were all together and, and how trees do better when they're all, when they're all together. And I, and I was thinking about how trees, they interact above ground. So you see, you know, when you've got a forest of trees, their branches are all overlapping and they have this uh, interaction that goes on above ground. And, and it's also fascinating to learn about how trees interact under the ground. So again, if we kind of go back to this uh, book from uh, Philip, uh, Philip Bunting, he, he, he kind of describes this interaction that trees have below ground. Actually, don't worry, I'll get to the Bible soon enough. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the trees have this amazing underground networks going on. And uh, in, a, in his book, uh, Philip, he, he describes it as being a subterranean cerebrum. And, and these subterranean cerebrums, this, this uh, amazing network of roots, they help trees do all sorts of wonderful things. He, he says, trees are very social beings and they love to be connected to one another. We don't think about that often, eh? trees, whatever. But underground, they got all of this kind of connection, interconnection going on. They're helping one another out and they're sending each other chemical signals and um, probably talking about how, how badly we're treating them and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> and so I was thinking about this on my big walk. And, and then I sort of was thinking about how, how trees, they, they don't just serve themselves, but they serve entire ecosystems. Yeah, there's other kinds of other kinds of trees and uh, plant species, and not just plants, but animals and uh, insects and all kinds of things that that are served and benefit from being in a, being in a forest. So here, here's another here's another picture. This is the same picture as before. I've just zoomed out a little bit, but if if you you might not be able to see, but but you can. Um, what I noticed is how below the canopy of the trees, you've got like ferns and and all sorts of other other plants and, and things that are that are going on down there, and they're all sort of being protected and nurtured by this canopy of trees. So trees are not only not only extending branches out to connect with the energy of the sun, but they but they do best when they're connected with one with with others with other trees, and and all these connections serve entire ecosystems, communities. Trees together connect with other plants and species. So we're getting to 2024, and I, and I felt like as I was kind of you know thinking about these things, that kind of God was almost like connect, connecting dots for me. And, and it sort of highlighted the three areas that I feel that we need to be giving attention to, to press into, and to really follow God's invitation and call towards. And I'm really excited about it. So I've been thinking about them as, as strands, hence the title, strands. I should have stuck a Z on the end, eh, to show my age. Strands. I've been thinking about this as strands that weave together, and these, and these strands that share uh, the theme of uh, of, of connections. Well, the first strand is uh, connecting with God. Good? Good so far? Connecting with God, especially connecting with God in prayer. We'll get to that. And uh, the second strand is connection with one another, connecting with one another. So by one another, I mean uh, in, our, in our church whanau, within our church congregation, in our church family, one another. And then the third strand is connecting with others. So here I'm thinking about 
uh, people who aren't in our, in our church, church family, but perhaps they'll be like, like family members or friends or workmates or uh, people that we bump into on the streets or people that we don't know. Others, the people that are beyond the, the, the church walls. Yeah, we get to, get to read some scriptures now. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, he, he, he talks quite a lot about these, about these strands. He doesn't call them strands, but you'll, you'll notice that these strands are, are throughout the book. And so I'm going to read uh, a few passages, and I'm going to read them all back to back. One, two, three, four. I'm going to read them all back to back. And, and as I read, there might be things that are highlighted to you, but uh, once I've finished, I'll highlight a few things that have been standing out to me. So this is Ephesians 1, 19. First, actually, I better, I better pray. I forgot to pray. Lord Jesus, we, th- we thank, you for this, thank you for this moment, for this, uh, for this service this morning, for our time of, of gathering as a, as, a, as, a, as a church, Lord. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. You would speak to our hearts, the, the words, your words of life, Even if it's just one thing that we can take away with, your words sustain us. The Holy Spirit, come. We welcome you today. All right, Ephesians 1, 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Now, the next passage is Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. And the next passage says Ephesians 4, 1 to 4. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with one another, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And the final passage. This is Ephesians 4 as well, reading from verse 15. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each 
part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I'm not sure what, what, you, what you were noticing uh, as I was reading that or as we were thinking about those scriptures. But, but for me, uh, I, was re- I was really drawn to this connection between the head and the body and then the body parts with one another. I also really loved in the, in the first scripture, it talks about how Christ fills, fills us. And we we're praying about this before the service, how uh, we, we, we had been talking about this being our first full service of the year. But last week was just as full because it's filled with Christ. And the week before, it's filled with Christ. So I love that. Anyway, these are the connections that were highlighted to me. Um, the body must be led by the head. <laughs> I've never seen it, but apparently when you remove a chicken's head from its body, its body just carries on doing things. Who's seen that? Anyone seen that? Some of you, awesome. Um, You might have heard of Mike, the chicken, the famous chicken. Anyone heard it? No, okay, here we go. So Mike, Mike was, this is for real. This is for real. I mean, look it up. Wikipedia is the source of truth. Mike, the famous chicken. There's a chicken born in 1945 in Colorado. And here I am, you know, 2024, talking about him in Wellington. That is how famous he is. He's famous because he lived for 18 months after his head was removed. Yep, 18 months. <laughs> his body just went on doing its thing. You can, you can read about this. Mike the Headless Chicken. You can do it right now. <laughs> I won't go into too many details, it's a, bit, it's a bit grim, but they could actually keep on feeding him and they would take him to uh, carnivals and so on. <laughs> they made a lot of money out of him, okay? So anyway, uh, and, uh, and if you're like me, then maybe you can relate to this. I mean, I'm getting on, I'm getting on in years, so it seems to be happening more and more often. But oh. I'll be on my way to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be on my way to do something. And on my way, I get distracted or I forget what I'm doing. But I say, I'm on my way to do something. It happened at work Friday. I'm on my way, uh, I'm on my way to the printer to get a, something I've just, hit, I've just hit print, literally just hit print on my computer. I'm walking to the comp- uh, printer to get my print out and I'm on my way there and I completely forget what I'm doing. And I go into autopilot and next, next minute I'm in the lab without my piece of paper that I wanted to print out. I'm like, how did that happen? Or, or you're going to the kitchen, you're making your wife a cup of tea, right? And you're on your way to the kitchen and you find yourself in your bedroom. Or, does this relate to you? <laughs> okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> it's, like, it's like my body is just going into autopilot and my, my brain is just, I don't know where it's gone. <laughs> I'm brain dead. Tess is out in the other room. I'm glad because otherwise she'd be going, yes, yes. Anyway, but in the passages we've just looked at, Christ is the head of the body and the body is the church. Did you notice that? Christ is the head of the body and the body is the church. And so, and so what I, what I want to, my story is just to say, the body has got to be connected to the, to the head. Otherwise, the body goes into autopilot. And I think we see this sometimes. We just do our thing. And sometimes we're kind of not, not paying attention to what God might be uh, leading in. Other churches, I mean, not us. Okay. 
that was a joke. Anyway, uh, Christ is the head, head, head of the body and the body is the church. And so we've got to make sure that we're being led by Him. We've got to make sure that we're connected to Him and being led by Him. For the, for the body to function effectively, we need to make sure that we're connected to the head, hearing what He's saying and responding to what He's telling us, not like Mike with his head, the chicken. Okay, the body must be led by the head. I think you get that. Two, oh, you know, I've probably got the slides on this. No, go back. Each body part functions best in connection with the other body parts. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he talks about this quite a lot again in, in the book of uh, First Ephesians chapter, chapter 12, and he, and, he, and he makes a joke about it. He goes, oh, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Paul highlights that all the body parts are important and, and need to function in harmony. We need to be united and connected. In 1 Corinthians 12, 25, he goes, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honoured, all the parts are glad. So for the body to function effectively, each part needs to be connected and in harmony. And uh, in other words, we... We need, to, we need to get to know each other, one another. We need to get to know one another and we need to find ways to connect. Okay, the third thing, Jesus' body. Jesus' body. Like what an interesting metaphor to use, Jesus' body. Why? Why would he kind of talk about the church being Jesus' body? And I think the answer is because Jesus physically left. He ascended to heaven. You read about that in the beginning of Acts, he ascended to heaven, physically left, where he's ruling and reigning from his throne and he's going to come again. But he, he fills us, he fills the church with his spirit to be his body on earth. And the body has, has a purpose. We, we represent Christ on earth. We are his, his ambassadors. This means that we, that we do the Jesus stuff. We, we share and we show the love of God and the good news that God loves us. And we share this with, with other people. And, and, we, and we share that God has made a way that, that all can come into a relationship with Him. And like, this is what Jesus did when Jesus was, was physically walking the earth. So the body, the church body, essentially is doing what, what Jesus did when Jesus walked the earth. We're His body. In the, in the first Corinthians passage where Paul talks about body parts, he says, the best thing we can do isn't whatever gifts we bring. You know, he goes, yeah, you should desire prophecy. You should desire these other, these other things, desire oh, that people are healed when you pray for them, all that kind of stuff. But the best thing isn't whatever, whatever gifts we bring, prophecy, healing, words of knowledge, teaching, leadership, they're all good. But the best thing he says we can do is love, love. The body is called to love. And I think, I think we're the body of Jesus. I think Paul talks about us being the body of Jesus so that we can show Jesus' love to those around us. Love in action. For the body to love those around us, we need to, need to somehow connect with those around us. Those around us being the people beyond our church walls. Ecclesiastes 4.12. A person standing alone can be attacked, or unless they're like me, because, you know, with my ninja skills and <laughs> I, can, I know who's going to attack me from behind. Anyway, a, a person standing, standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. 
Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You might have heard this verse in a wedding, right? I think that's probably the only place I've heard it, in a wedding, where, where you know, you've got this cord of three strands, and, uh, and the three strands represent the, the, the bride and the, and the groom and, and God, and it speaks of like strength and connections. When you look at it in this context, it kind of sounds like it's more to do with, you know, you're in a battle. You're in a battle and you're fighting, and so it's better whether you've got two, two's good, three's even better, but man, it seems like, oh, the idea is like more connections, more connections, more people, all together is better. We get a bigger, bigger army. I'm not sure if that means that, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, polygamy? I'm not sure if that's what it means. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> we don't condone that. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's the first and last time I'll make a joke about that. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't go down well. <laughs> but it speaks of the strength of connections. And this year, I'm hoping that as a church, we'll be able to, uh, we'll be able to um, have, have these three, three connections. They're actually more than three, but I'm calling them three. Connecting with God, connection number one. Connecting with one another, connection number two. And, and connection with others. And there are a lot of ways that we, we connect with God. A lot of ways. But the, but the area that's really been highlighted, uh, highlighted to me and is one of the primary ways that we see people connecting with God uh, in the Bible is, is prayer. Okay. Okay, that's okay. First Timothy 2, Paul, again, First Timothy 2, 1, he says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for people. So I urge you, first of all, to pray for people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peacefully, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Saviour. And what's cool, like prayer, you might go, oh, prayer, prayer's boring. But what's really cool is we see people in the Bible praying in loads of different ways. They pray alone. They pray in groups. They pray in silence. They pray out loud. They pray in song. They pray in groaning. They pray by writing. They pray in unknown languages and tongues. They pray in hard times. They pray in good times. Prayer is the bread and butter of following Jesus, and yet it's a battle. Sam, Sam Harvey, when he spoke last year, talked about it being the battle, the biggest battle, is actually, is actually connecting with God in prayer. Right, it's a battle. I mean, uh, I think the enemy doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us connecting with the source of, source of life, okay? And so it's hard. It can be hard. And so this year, I, I'm hoping that we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll find different ways and we'll explore different ways of praying. And we'll, we'll all take another step on our journey of prayer, no matter where we're, where we're going out. No matter where we're going out. No matter where we're at, <laughs> I was going to say. So ne- next week, I'm going to dig into this. I'm going to dig into this a, li- a little bit more. I'll be focused on prayer next week. Okay, the second one. Second one. So connecting with God. And the second one, connecting with one another. I was really shocked last year, you might have seen, uh, seen the article, but the World Health Organization uh, declared that loneliness uh, is a pressing global health threat. The US Surgeon General said that its mortality effects are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness. 
And I was shocked when I read, I was shocked when I read this. But at the same time, I felt, I felt hopeful because there's a lot of public health issues that are hard to deal with. But loneliness is one where I feel the church has a, has a gift. We've got a gift to offer. Loneliness is horrible. I've, I've had uh, seasons of loneliness. Uh, you can be in a crowd of people and you can still feel lonely. But the church has a gift. In Ephesians 2, Paul calls the church God's family. We read that, remember that passage? You are God's family. You, you are Fano. You're being built together. So this is the truth, okay? Sometimes you have what is the truth, and then sometimes you have how, you know, our experience or how we, how we live, and sometimes we need to actually live towards the truth. Does that make sense? We live towards the truth. And this is a truth that we need to intentionally live towards because you can feel desperately lonely just because church is a family doesn't mean that you don't feel lonely in a church. You can feel desperately lonely even when you're surrounded by brothers and sisters in church. And yet we're called to be Fano. We are Fano. We need to live towards this truth. And we need to find ways to connect with one another. And it's got to involve going a little bit deeper in our, in our conversations, a bit deeper than going, oh, how's your, how's your weekend? Or how's the weather been? Oh, man, how's the weather been? <laughs> oh, Wellington weather. Oh, my goodness. But we've got to find ways of kind of going a little bit deeper, taking a little bit, uh, a step a little bit further. And, and, it's, and, it's, uh, and it's not a one size fits all, right? You, know, you get a, a group of people even this size, and everybody has got kind of different ways, different ways of connecting or different things that feel, will feel uh, right to them, right to us. And so we can, we can explore having like different ways of, of connecting and, uh, and, and developing meaningful spiritual relationship with one another. As a, uh, you know, I think this is good. Remember how the trees do better when they're all together, when they're in connection? I think it's going to be good for our health. <laughs> Seriously, if loneliness is, is as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, and 15 cigarettes a day is probably not very good for you, then man, like building, building connections, this is good for our health. And it can be good for the health of somebody else, and it can be good for the, peop- good for the health of people that are uh, lonely outside our church walls. I really believe this is going to have a massive impact on our lives and the life of this church body. It doesn't mean that we've got terrible, I'm not saying we've got terrible relationships or we don't know each other or anything like that, but I'm saying we can kind of go further in this. And this is where I feel God's invitation is. All right, so it's not just, uh, it's not just connecting with God, connecting with God, number one, connecting with one another. And what's the next one? Connecting with others. It's not, it's not only people here in church who need love and kindness and meaningful relationship and, uh, and the goodness of God. We are surrounded by people, all of us surrounded by people beyond the church walls that Jesus wants us to show love to. People in need. Who's, read, uh, who's been reading Rosemary, Graham, uh, Rosemary Wallace's book, um, Fresh Fire? Anybody read it? A few of you. Susan, yeah, it's, I, I do recommend, like uh, we've got, I think, a few copies sitting down there at the back, talk, you know, talks about the moves of the Holy Spirit uh, in, in New Zealand's history. But what you notice when you read these stories is how willing people were to kind of go beyond their comfort zones and to show the love of Jesus in, in different ways to, to people that God was calling them to. So sometimes they'll be nearby, they'll be in the community, sometimes they'll be overseas. 
It seems like every time there's a move of God, there is also a, a, a move towards missions. It makes sense, doesn't it? If we are filled with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, and Jesus was all about serving and helping people in need, then if the Holy Spirit fills us, we're going to be doing the same kind of thing. There are people in need, physical and spiritual. And what is love if it's not demonstrated? Uh, Reverend Tim Keller, who passed away last year, said, said this, actions of love lead to feelings of love, not the other way around. Actions of love lead to feelings of love, not the other way around. And I think what he's getting at is don't wait, don't wait until you feel, feel love towards somebody else. Show them love. And I feel like this year, God is calling us to try things out to show His love. And I think it's awesome and it's so exciting because we can have, we can have one-off projects uh, like, uh, like we have, uh, you know, like the, f- the food appeal that we had towards the end of last year leading up to Christmas. And we're going to do that kind of thing again, one-off projects where we can um, provide, for, provide for people. Or maybe it's going to be uh, like taking sandwiches to hungry people. And, and I feel like the Lord is going to, going to stir, up, uh, stir up ideas or, or kind of bring things and they might lead to ongoing ministries of helping people. Uh, like, like what Sam and Nancy are involved in out in Poirirua, sort of ongoing things of showing Jesus' love to people. And so we need to, it's almost like we need to try things out, like test the waters. Like praying, like, like praying for it, praying for and sharing our faith. The good news of Jesus, who people haven't heard about. Like we've all got friends and family and uh, people that we know and, and people we don't know. There's people all around us that need to discover the reality of Jesus for themselves. He will change their lives forever. I was so encouraged by your testimony, Taylor, last week. We, we shared about, you know, you're praying for a workmate that the Lord would soften his heart. I've got that right, eh? More or less. That the Lord would soften his heart. And then that happened. And so we can do that. It's a small thing that we can do. We can pray for the people that we know. And the Lord, would you soften their heart that I might be able to share the love of Jesus. I, you. That someone might be able to share the love of Jesus with them. So how does that sound? different strands, connecting with God, connecting with one another and connecting with others. Over, over the next few weeks, I'm going to dig into each of these three connections some more. So prayer, connecting with God and prayer next week, uh, finding ways to connecting with one another the week after, and then connecting with others the week after that. And, and these themes, they'll continue in different ways and different forms over, over the year, and we'll find different ways of exploring these things. And, I, and I'm praying that this year, the word that um, just popped out to me as I was preparing last night. So I'm going, okay, I'll take that. Maybe that's the Lord, I'll take that, was watershed. That this year will be a watershed year for God. A watershed, a watershed is a, is a time where it's like a season of change or, or a moment that, uh, where things turn and things shift. The Lord has blessed us with so much here at Capital Vineyard. So much. Man, last year was fun. We had that awesome carols and cake service. Oh, Lord, loved that. It was so awesome. Or when we uh, baptised uh, like loads of youth and, and fuse at, a, um, at a Romati, at Matariki Day. There were so many cool things. The Lord has blessed us so much. And, and this year, 
I feel is gonna be a year, or I hope, I'm praying that this year is a year when, when His love spills out more and more, like a watershed, the water flows out from this house and blesses our community, our city and our country. And so this time, in a, you know, I kind of always like to imagine, like uh, when, when I think about the year ahead, where, where do I wanna be like in 12 months time? Where do I wanna be? Where am I hoping that CV will be in 12 months time? I hope that we're praying more and we, and we can kind of like look at different ways that we're praying more. I hope that, hope that we're kind of like hearing more and more stories about sort of meaningful and, and, uh, and, and, and spiritual connections with one another. And I hope that we've got stories to tell of love in action, how we've been the body of Jesus in our, in our communities, connecting with people around us. Bring it on. Shall we stand? Shall we stand and pray? Oh, Lord, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are, how, how you lived your life on earth, showing, showing the love of God for all people, that everybody was invited into, into connection with you, God. Jesus, thank you for the way your body was broken for us. Thank you for, for your blood that was shed for us. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your Holy Spirit and that your Spirit fills, fills the church. Thank you that you're here with us this morning. And we pray, Lord, that you'd, uh, you'd fill us even more. You'd fill us up and you'd send us out, Lord. You transform us to be more like you, Jesus. That we'd be able to uh, live more and more towards um, being transformed to be like you, Jesus. Transform people who transform communities, right? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. You are my 